Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And this week we're taking a deeper dive into 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through 7. We are still in the rollout of the new mission tag for the church, expanding Christ's community through worship, discipleship, and relationship. This week we talked about the characteristic of reproducing. Uh, and so... <laughs> I, I, now I can actually say that while laughing. Yeah. Um, this is the, the cuts that you get on the, on the podcast, the things <laughs> that I don't say from the pulpit. Uh, anyway, it's, so it was a, a reproductive Sunday. So how did this passage strike you, Pastor Dean? And what were, what were some of the big takeaways that, that you saw this week? I think the, one of the biggest takeaways, and it seems so silly, not silly. It seems so simple and so obvious, but that it we overlook it so much it, that it's everyone's job to disciple. And in the church especially, but I think in many areas we have we have put everything in silos and we have professionalized everything mm. so that that it is that it's become the pastor's job to do all the leading and all the training or it becomes, you know, just a small group of people and the church isn't going to grow that way that it really is everyone's job because how can we reach everyone unless everyone is doing the work? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so the, the arrow we're coming out of, I've heard of in two different ways. One is that uh, the pastors are like uh, the, the, the ranchers who, um, you know, it, if someone brings in a visitor or something, it's our job to, to get them in and brand them and, mm -hmm. and and make them a part. Where or the other um, the other analogy that that gets used is it was the little Bo Peep era of, <laughs> of evangelism. You know, she's lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them, and and so goes out looking and you know and that's the that's the uh, and when she finds them they come wagging their tails behind them yeah and <laughs> I, I i i fear to say that there is no tail wagging anymore coming no. in the church doors no i heard i forget where maybe it was at the mission conference maybe it was in something else but we're entering in an air into an era too where the majority of the world knows about Jesus. It's not as if people are saying, who is this guy you're talking about? That mm. culturally, that historically, most people have heard who Jesus is. Now we need to reveal his heart to people, that we need to, to help people take that step from just knowing that he existed to understanding the the lordship and the the way that he brought grace into the world which is kind of a harder thing if you think about it it you know it's one it's one thing to point to historical stuff but to explain the plan of salvation rolled out through Jesus and the example that he was and the call that that trusting him in him places on our lives is much, much harder, much more vulnerable. Um, and I think that it, it can be scary. It can be overwhelming to, to enter into that level of relationship with someone else. And I know over the past weeks, we've talked about that 
all the different reasons why we might not do that, think, not thinking that we have enough knowledge, not thinking that we'll be able to answer all the questions, that kind of thing. But Or we'll hurt hurt the person's faith yeah ultimately yeah um so yeah it's it's deceptively simple and hard all at the same time because you know it's clear enough disciples disciple but (laughs) it's kind of in the word yeah but there's so much bound up in that that we should feel a burden and responsibility to do yeah, and I, I, you know, as you were talking about the the status of things, kind of right now in terms of, um, you know, the the majority of the world actually knowing who Jesus is. Um, we talked in uh, my doctoral cohort actually about the fact that that um, that we're entering into um, a a um, an era where people are not just de- uh, they're not just like post-churched they are de-churched as well now mm-hmm. and almost back to a sim- more similar situation to the first century church where people might have heard but they're like isn't that that weird thing that you know yeah isn't that that weird cult that weird obligation yeah and and so i wouldn't be a bit surprised if that's actually the era that we're walking back into which is that that people are looking at us and saying isn't that that weird thing where you judge people and you think you're better and mm-hmm. and so cuz that really has no appeal to me yeah i i just pulled up something came across one of my social feeds today and Nadia Boltz Weber is the one who originally posted it someone had shared it and that's how i saw it but the quote says people don't seem to leave the church because they no longer believe in the beauty of Jesus and of his teachings. People leave the church because they believe in Jesus so much that they can't stomach being a part of an institution that says it's all about that and when it's so clearly not. And I've, you know, I've kind of been rolling that around all day as we think about sharing our faith and sharing who Jesus is that certainly, especially as pastors, we believe is intimately connected to the community of faith is found in the church, but also is not about budgets and hmm. attendance and, and the ABCs that we, you know, we keep referring to in terms of the metrics we've used and the the buildings that we so carefully protect. Hmm. Um, I had a, a colleague that once said, the building is the only thing that gets a raise every year. Yeah, true. Oh, my. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking about this, and, and part of the difficulty is I don't think we have a lot of, um, at least in the main line, we do not have a lot of effective models. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we talk about um, discipling people, when we talk about evangelism, I think most people have kind of the idea of a tract in one hand and, you know, standing on a street corner yeah. neighbor, maybe, or or um, asking their neighbor, do you know Jesus? Yeah. And and doing it in a very, very artificial and awkward way. Yeah, it's not at all authentic. And we, and as we've said, we started with our, our mission statement with relationship in, in the way that we're mm-hmm. rolling these out. Because if you don't have a relationship with someone, you almost really have no business right. asking them about their faith. I mean, a few... 
a few circumstances aside, you really have to have a foundation with someone before you can enter into that level of intimacy with yes. one another. Well, and and it normalizes it because, you know, you bring other aspects, not just for the the person that you're looking to disciple, but for yourself, it normalizes it because would you hold back an aspect of your personality in in any given relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is usually no. You start out on surfacey things, and then you know, it, then discipleship becomes a natural outpouring of who I am. It's like, yeah, I go, I, I worship every Sunday. Jesus has made a difference in my life. I, you know, yeah, yeah. And I know we've we've talked before in the office and, and I think on the podcast too, that as we share our faith, it should, discipleship really does start and look like sharing the difference that Jesus made in our life. That's not a statement about you and what you should believe or shouldn't believe or do or not do. It's just me sharing the, the difference that having a faith has made as I've parented, as I've endured life's struggles as I've tried to find meaning and place and purpose. And then certainly if I'm authentic in sharing that and, and you're authentically sharing your life with me, that opens the way for, for questions and comments the way we do on everything on, on our relationships, on our marriages, on our parenting, you know, it starts with, well, this is what I do. And then when there's trust, when there's there's rapport built up then well you know i'm facing this what do you think about this how how did you handle technology and and what words of wisdom do you have how did you get your kid to sleep through the night how did you help your child navigate the transition to middle school you know how did you wake up in the morning (laughs) (laughs) don't know um but just as all of our relationships progress from the very surface to the very deep our, our sharing of faith fo- should follow the same pattern. We're not asking people to manufacture, manufacture or jump in with both feet and pour, you know, begin pouring their heart out to the person next to them on the plane. I mean, right. Um, you know, it, because it's not about, I think as we've thought about the, the street corner preachers and the, um, the awkward, you know, do you know Jesus kind of, things we've made it about signing on the dotted line or just praying the prayer or just saying the words which i'm not discounting that for some people that is how their faith starts but that's not the sum total of faith if if we make it just that then it becomes like a lucky rabbit's foot or a ritual or something like phew or eternal fire insurance yeah yeah that all right i said the words i'm safe um and that that's not a genuine faith either and again people come to faith in different ways i know in my life it's it's it was a more gradual growing up into church into the church and and realizing that that faith was something that i needed to make my own um there you know i can't point i can point to moments along the way that were significant but i can't put point to a moment when i was not a christian and then became a christian you know, other people can, and that's how the spirit works in their life, which is great too. And and that kind of goes back to that idea that everyone should be discipling. We need the multitude of experiences to help other people 
be able to experience the love of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple of thoughts there. Um, one is that I really want to talk again about the, the fact that discipleship should be a natural outpouring of who we are um, in our life in Christ. If, if you can't hear that in the, in the background, <laughs> our, our, today's, uh, today's episode is being brought to you by Toro Motors, <laughs> or uh, uh, lawnmowers. Um, anyway, uh, but th- this idea that, that it should be a natural outpouring because at a certain point, if you are, say, listen, you know, uh, if you're talking about parenting, because that's, mm-hmm. again, we, we've said a number of times, that's the stage of life we both find ourselves in. And someone is saying, how, how did you do it? And, it, like, you know, the gut reaction is, well, by the grace of God. Yeah. And, and then the follow-up is actually by the grace of God. Yeah. Because I saw, you know, I saw these characteristics in me that I'd never seen before and how deeply rooted they were in me, um, you know, because little human screaming show you how selfish you actually can mm-hmm. be. And, and like for me, it was a, a journey from, wow, I really wanted control and I really got angry when I didn't have control. And uh, only by, by the grace of Jesus was that transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't have a 10 step program or, you know, I don't have a book that I read. It was the grace of Christ operating in my life and saying, no, I have something different for you. Um, and so, you know, that, that's a natural outpouring and, and, and I can see the question, really? Well, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it really was. I mean, and you preached on faithful and it, it's, you don't believe me? Come and see. Yeah. Just come and see. I, uh, yeah. And I think, I think that is an important part of discipleship to let people know, to be authentic enough to say there is no playbook like I don't have any magic rituals you know kids aren't a math problem to be solved and then they'll act exactly according Mm. to the way that you think that they should Um, that you know I don't have any great insight or wisdom it's just the grace of God in me and and it certainly applies to parenting but and and it applies to how we deal with adversity it applies to how we function in day-to-day life um you know i know i know people who get super bent out of shape over the littlest inconvenience or or littlest thing and for me you know by the grace of god i can say "Eh, i'm not you know i'm not gonna get bent up about this okay we have to wait 10 more minutes for our meal at the restaurant we're going to be okay you know um the the one hour of this week that we're we're recording the lawnmower has to be on of course yeah yeah and yeah. and there would have been a time where that actually would have been more bothersome i i really am just kind of like yeah that's kind of funny yeah <laughs> but real life goes on yeah and these you know these are all also tied to to personality and coping skills and stuff too but but i think you know a a phrase we've used over and over again living a life of intrigue and living a life in dependence on god i think opens our eyes to the bigger picture as well Mm -hmm. um one of the things you had mentioned that comes along with being a disciple is that um that it's it's an intentional effort that isn't easy that, you know, it comes in the context of 
suffering. It, it comes in the context of hard things. And so discipleship is, is sharing those hard things with others, you know, being, being willing to say, I don't know what I'm doing in this situation. I don't know how to raise a middle school boy. I don't know how to, you know, get my child to, to sleep or to, to soothe their anxieties or, or whatever. Um, but it's also opening ourselves up to the, the burdens of other people, which is one of the true blessings of, of Christian community that we, we carry those burdens together. But, but it also means that we're all carrying those burdens. <laughs> um, something I think I, I feel acutely as a, a pastor being the one to receive the prayer requests of the worst of the worst, being the one to walk with families as their life has completely pivoted in, you know, in two minutes when the diagnosis comes or the accident happens or, um, you know, the doctor brings bad news. And, and you can't not be shaped by that in some ways. And of course there has to be healthy boundaries and, and, self-differentiation and all that but you'd be a robot to not right at least be formed in some way by those things yeah i, I mean the, there's no easy way to disciple in a broken world it's not like everyone is trying to fill that void and they're trying to fill that void and and i'm by that i'm talking about like augustine where he says mm-hmm. there is a, a god-shaped hole in our in our hearts um, that we try to fill with everything else, but it is it is eternal, and so it doesn't get filled with things. It can only be filled by the eternal one. And so people try the best they can to to fill that in a way that that makes them feel significant, that makes them feel loved, and 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 makes them f- have purpose. But we keep having to pour into that, and it's it's only when we come to the end of ourselves. Um, and we've, we need to be in relationship with people so that when those things happen and when those moments come of, of deep questioning and wondering what is going on, that we have the relationship that can stand up to the moment and say, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're feeling that, because that's the way I was before Christ really took a hold of my life. Um, and so I think that's, um, that's an important aspect. There is an aspect that uh, t- talking about things that got cut. Um, I debated whether to put this in the sermon or not, uh, but then I thought, oh, I've, we've got the podcast. That's yeah. that's the perfect place for it. And I found usually if I have to debate, it's probably not ready for the sermon yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's just better to be, be in yeah. a format like this. But I have this in my notes that mature things reproduce. Yeah. Like a. You know, f- when animals and humans included are physically mature, that's when they reproduce. And, and the so a number of reasons why I wouldn't put this in the sermon. One is just because I didn't want parents being like, I had to have, <laughs> I had to have a, a talk with my kid. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, um, but now, like uh, the other reason why is because there's a corollary to that, which says if you aren't reproducing, then maybe you're not mature. Exactly, and that's a hard thing to say at a at a pulpit level. Yeah, um, that is that is something when there is no one in the room, so no one can be like, "Do you just look at me?" Yeah, uh, is anyone looking at anyone else right now? But but one that we can talk about here that that if if we aren't reproducing, then perhaps we are not spiritually mature. 
Yeah, and it's like Jesus talking about by your fruit, you, they'll you'll know them, and and you know the way Jesus cursed the fig tree. Yeah, fig yeah, tree the fig tree that wasn't producing fruit. I mean, he was real mad about that and just said, "Fine, don't For, ever do it again." Yeah. Um, but that's that's really the yeah. the I mean because that that story is couched in between the two stories of the um, of the temple, mm-hmm. and of course Mark there was using a term called uh, intercalation, mm. where the the story in the center actually provides context and meaning to the to the outside story. Yeah, it's a it's a biblical donut, <laughs> <laughs> it's jelly filled, um, mm. and so like that's that's the in, interpretation is that the temple has where you expect to see spiritual fruitfulness is not producing that. And so it's no longer going to be the the place. Yeah. And that you're right. That is hard to hear. And, and that's kind of how you started the sermon by saying, you know, in some ways this sermon is really kind of damning to us all because, yeah. I, you know, I, I can't think of very many people who would say, yes, I've, I've discipled everyone I, I can. And, you know, I've, I've done my best at this. And, and maybe that's the part of my brain that, that feels like there's always more I could do, or I could work harder. But, um, it, you know, and I think that's true as individuals. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of true as the church too, that we've, in some ways, it's easy for the church, the church corporate, not just our individual church, but it's easy to lose sight of of our mission, which is why we're we're spending so much time talking about this new phrasing that CCUPC has um, has selected. But but it, it is really easy for it to become about attendance, or for it to become about how we feel about the mission trips we go on, or how we interpret things and and. We forget that our job is constantly being drawn outward, to, to constantly be drawn outward in in a variety of ways, praying for other people, uh, discipling other people, sharing the gospel, serving, that, that none of it is designed just for our own pride and, and for us to say, look how great we are. Um, and when, but, but how easy that sort of mindset is to fall into that. All right. Well, I, you know, I, I served this many hours at the church and I was really patient with the cashier that was taking a super long time. And, you know, I did all these things, so I'm doing okay. Yeah. That like that, that's, that's sufficient. Mm-hmm. And, and we become, and we become dependent on that. We become our own judges. Mm hmm. And saying, yeah, that's enough. That God, I've I've done enough. So I don't really have to go and do that awkward thing. Yeah. Um, I can just go home and and count it a day, um, and do what I want from here on out. And that's, as we've talked about, that's that's a good reason why why people look at the church and like that is the most inauthentic thing. You go for one day, you claim this is such a big deal, and then I don't notice any difference. Yeah. Beyond that one day. Yeah. But then the flip side of that is that we're also called to be discerning about who we disciple and how we mm-hmm. disciple other people. And again, it, it takes a, a good amount of self-differentiation, of emotional 
evaluation and, and evaluating who we are and who this person is and are they are they fat or are they faithful and available and teachable are they somebody you could see being reproducing and that and that's hard work and mm-hmm. and can feel can feel icky when we say you know this isn't a person that that I can pour my time into right now because they're not available or they're not teachable um and I don't I don't know that that necessarily has to be an indictment on anybody because because there are seasons of life mm-hmm. when we are more yeah. available, when we are more teachable, when we are more faithful. And there are seasons where we we just can't, we're, it, you know, I think just like a plant, there are seasons where status quo is, is it. You're not growing. You're just surviving, hanging on. And that's all you can do. And then there are also times when you're called to to bloom and grow and, and change. Um so as people who are looking to disciples, disciple others, we need to be in prayer about how other people, where other people are in those seasons as well, based on, based on the leading of the spirit and based on what they say and how they respond to us and, and all those things. That's, um, so it's, you made me think about the fact in terms of discerning, I believe it's Luke's gospel talks about, Jesus sending the 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 seventy two out. I mm-hmm. think um, I'll I'll cross reference that um, later on. But one of the instructions that he gives, I think most of us remember the the take no extra tunic or knapsack or mm-hmm. anything for the road. But in Luke's account of it, he talks about search for a person of peace in that community. Pray for a person of peace in that community. And um, most of us don't even know what to do with that. But what Jesus seems to be saying is spiritually discern who is actually open to the message and go to that person. There, it wasn't just a, a willy-nilly go into the towns and, and whoever listens to you, great. But there is actually ser- spiritual discernment that's, that's spelled out there in the gospel where Jesus mm-hmm. says, find that person of peace. Um, and then that will open the doors to actually having the the um, uh, the conversations that you want to be having, and it also puts you in dependence on the Holy Spirit throughout this. As we talk about it, again, I kind of roll things off my tongue mm-hmm. because you know occupational hazard, <laughs> and um, we you know we think okay, I got to go do this, and it's it's going to be awful. And so I'm just going to, I'll do it once. And then, Mm -hmm. but it's not a a work of our own strength. This is to be, um, I think the way I phrased it in the sermon was it's supposed to be a divine cooperation. Mm -hmm. And so we are to be reliant on God to show us those people who are spiritually open, those people who are looking for, um, (laughs) I think about the, the Samaritan woman looking for water that quenches more than just her, her physical thirst. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're to be looking for those people in our dependence on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And even, and I think it's in the same story when, when the 72 are sent out, Jesus prepared them for the idea that not everyone would be 
receptive because he says if if they're not you know shake the dust off your sandals and and head to the next town and i think you know that kind of brings us back around to that idea of suffering that you know that this is that discipleship can't be detached from suffering not only because we enter into suffering with other people but because discipleship can be painful we don't always get to see the fruits of our effort which can mm. be really frustrating we don't always you know some people may just flat out reject not only what we're saying and what we're sharing but but us as a you know as a whole person um which can be hard and painful i know especially as i think about you know time working with youth when when you've shared with them and you've prayed for them and you've poured out your life to them and they seem like they've they've gotten it and then they turn around and and just walk away it, it hurt it's hurtful um and yet somehow we believe that the the holy spirit is still in the midst of that that you know maybe just because you shake off the dust and and find the next person who's faithful ab- available teachable and reproducing that doesn't mean that you haven't opened the door in in the person who seemed to reject you's life that that you haven't paved the way for someone else to come in um and you know you had mentioned that what it was five encounters with the gospel in two years and yeah it's two years five different people five different people and nine separate presentations of the gospel yeah so i mean we we never know if we're number one or number nine um you know sometimes we are blessed to see the fruit of of discipleship in the life of others i know i you know i've mentioned the mission conference a, a couple times i just got back from that and one of my favorite things is to see the way that people who were young and in the high school program when i was a high school counselor or a high school coordinator have risen into leadership of the high school program and of of other programs you know that it it's a glimpse of and and i'm not taking full credit for for that by any means but it's a glimpse of what my life has meant and my life my service has meant to other people but we don't always get that even i mean even in the people we're closest to we never we never know fully how the holy spirit is working in their lives until they're ready to reveal that to us right right you know you mentioned the mission conference and we were talking before we turned the mics on about the fact that 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 christian camps and christian conferences have been one of those major witness uh uh venues for Mm -hmm. for the gospel uh to be in relationship with in close relationship with people Mm -hmm. um you're available because you're all there yeah you're there and you're not in your normal life and you're not surrounded by the normal distractions Mm -hmm. and and so it's it it has been such a, a powerful witness i know um from my from the things that I've seen from Camp Lambeck and music camp, mm-hmm. the the guys that I get to uh, pour into for a week and the counselors that I get to pour into, that it's a it's a fantastic thing to see. Um, and it's been such a wonderful um, influence in, in many people's lives. By the same token, I also see some of those camp alumni who 
don't then have other witnesses outside mm-hmm. of that situation. And so y- y- you have a situation where the church hasn't stepped up when there have been major powerful forces in people and, and have failed to disciple um, when they could have. Yeah, you had mentioned in the sermon and then in our discussions around the office that um, that it, it's hard. We have made religion and our faith journeys so personal that that we don't share about them. And also, it it's it's really hard sometimes to to do that. Like we don't even really know how to do that, which I think is why camps and conferences are so important because they, you know, I know for me, you know, when, when I'm at the new Wellington mission conference, we put our kids to bed and then we sit around in the lobby or outside for far too late into uh-huh. the, the night. Um, but it, it, it's not uncommon at all to be talking about deep things that, you know, it's not uncommon at all to be having a conversation about communion on the way from worship to the next thing. Yeah. And that doesn't happen even in our churches that, yeah. um, that those things, it's, it's rare to have those kinds of conversations in the course of everyday life, unless you're really intentional about it. And I know I have people in my life for whom that's, that's not an oddity, you know, we can just <laughs> do that. But, um, but the number is pretty few. Yeah. Um, I forget whether it was Lifeway or Barna. I was looking at, at both of them. Mm-hmm. It, it might be Lifeway. No, I can't remember. Uh, I do remember, I did look up it. It was uh, Luke 10 about the person of peace. Okay. Uh, couched in the section of uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That comes uh-huh. almost directly in front of that. Wow. Uh, ask the, the, the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers out into the field. So it is really in there as like... Yeah. Hello. Yeah. This <laughs> so, is your job. Yeah. Um, so it's not just, you know, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and Paul with Timothy and the Corinthians. It's Jesus in sending out the 72. And anyway, um, uh, let's see here. We were talking about um, the conversations with about faith. Were you going to bring up the statistic? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Barnard Lifeway. Um, that. <laughs> There you go. This is why you need multiple people in office. So yeah. that uh, anyway, um, they said that fifty-five percent of Christians have had zero spiritual conversations in the past month. Yeah, fifty-five percent. Like again, that goes back to screw tape letters, where where screw tape says, you know, you don't need to make them evil. You just got to separate them. You got to make them quiet. Um, and that's apparently working really effectively. Yeah. Um, so if 55% of Christians aren't having a spiritual conversation during, during a month, I mean, that's, I mean, just the implications of that are, are wide tracing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know, I mean, learning isn't done in a vacuum that, I mean, that's why we, we have classes for our kids and we have teachers and they have discussions and you read things together and you discuss and you, you, you work on problems together that if, if we're not able to talk about these things with at least some 
anybody else in our life? How are we ever going to be sure of what we believe? We get into our own head and, and can can chase arguments around in circles all day long. And it's not until you you take it outside and say, help me with this. Help me, you know, how, again, it kind of goes back to where we started with the, the idea of, of parenting and, and all that, you know, help me. I, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with, you know, how in the world God can let bad things happen or make bad things happen or tolerate bad things happen, whatever, you know, bad things happening, whatever you want to say. I, you know, I'm struggling with this. Help me make sense of it. Help me, tell me your understanding um, I'm struggling with the idea of communion. I, I don't know what I think. Help me. What, yeah. what do you think? What does your church say? What does your denomination say? What does, um, you know, what what has been your experience of communion? Why is it is important? Why is it important to you? Or why should I baptize my baby? Why should I wait? You, you know, to ask these questions and to hear other people and to have these conversations is what helps us to be sure of our own faith and our own positions. Um. As I was looking at, at some of the the research on evangelism, the the people who report that they had a positive interaction with someone who was evangelizing to them, mm-hmm. one of the top qualities was that they I felt heard, I felt listened to, mm-hmm. and so really you talked about the fact that we want to go into this information dump, yeah, and and what we talked about last week with the with the teachability is that. That's actually the wrong way to go about it. It's actually a lot of slow, again, the three mile an hour God. Yeah. It's a lot of slow conversation. It's a lot of listening. It's a lot of saying, did I hear you say this? Tell me, tell me more about it. Mm-hmm. How did that really shape you as a kid? Um, like, what was it like to lose a parent at six? What yeah. was it like to have your other parent have cancer then at 10? Like, yeah. That must have been that must have messed with your world. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when we can separate ourselves from having to see the outcome or being discouraged when the outcome doesn't appear what to be what we want, then we we can slow down a little bit when it becomes less about me making sure you're you're believing the right things and doing the right things and more about me letting my faith shape you and letting your faith shape me that that we can that we can slow down and we can take the time to learn from one another and hear from one another i think of uh, you know currently with the church corporate having such a negative image in for so many people you know if it if my whole goal is to just get you to come to church, then I'm not listening to how the church has hurt you in the past or what questions you have or where, you know, what inconsistencies and hypocrisies you've, you've seen. Like, it, you know, it's easy to say that statistic that so many people see the church as hypocritical is so sad, but now our job is to understand why and how, you know, tell, tell me why, tell, you know, I know, I mean, it's, the phrase has kind of been weaponized, but you know, who hurt you? But truly, like we, we need to figure out how people have arrived or not arrived at the, the faith that they have, even if it's no one ever explained it to me before. Or, you know, I know for a lot of people, it's I, I don't know how to reconcile 
an all-powerful God with a world that isn't, <laughs> isn't right. Um, yeah. And so all these things, when we can take a deep breath and step back and slow down, I think that helps us tolerate them a little bit better. In, you know, in addition to being able to say, yep, I struggle with that too. And I just don't know. Yeah. One of the, on the negative side, the, one of the biggest, um, reasons people will have a negative experience with Christians is that we try to correct them. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, to be able to listen and to ask questions, um, and, and probably one of the things that we should do as the church now is actually start having classes about how do you listen well to mm -hmm. someone? Because we've lost the art of conversation. We're on screens, we're on, on computers, we're on whatever d device it is. I mean, even during the podcast, you and I <laughs> yeah. check in on the, on the various things like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So, and so we've, we've got to learn how to have a conversation again and how to... Um, be curious about others going back to the the um the teachability be mm -hmm. curious about what others life is like yeah and i think you know that's just being a good human and being a good <laughs> friend and and being genuine and when we when we think about discipleship in those terms it becomes far less scary yeah it becomes far less awkward and i think you know in the midst of it we can't you know as you, I, I think where we started out or maybe before we we started recording you know you you wouldn't hold back an element of your personality yeah and you certainly don't hold back your faith as your friendships are forming but you also don't have to beat people over the head with it or correct them or you know, let their experience be anything other than what their experience is. Even yeah. as you point them to say, Hey, you know, for me, it's been different. Maybe, maybe there's something different than, than what you've known waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. But just the, that, that ability to be present with people and to bring our full selves and to say, yeah, this is without shame or without angst or without, you know, mm -hmm. feeling like we're selling anything to be able to, yeah, this is, this is part of who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in the church, but, but I, it's, it's my own now. And mm -hmm. I have, I have seen the difference that Jesus makes and I, I felt his power in my life and, and I, I trust that he's there. Mm -hmm. Like I, <laughs> you, you can, you can say yes or no to what, but this has just been my experience yeah. of who God is. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that God wants that for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about finding methods of discipleship that are natural to our own personality. Some of us mm -hmm. are going to be a bit more booky. Yeah. Some of us are going to be a bit more relational, but, but, but overall we get to tell our story. Mm -hmm. um, and telling it in a way that is is natural to us, the current word, authentic to us. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try to, you know, for the many years, especially in the 90s, I feel like it was, you know, I was doing drugs and I was, yeah. you know, everything. And then Jesus healed me. And you're like, well, I um, grew up in Newcastle and was a relatively okay person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I've been parts of, part of, have heard messages that almost seem to indicate that that someone 
that that's not a real conversion then like if they you know and i i had shared how i felt like feel like i've gradually grown into the faith and i know there are people that that believe if you can't point to your spiritual birthday um <laughs> that it, it doesn't doesn't count doesn't count yeah. um and i think i think as we think about discipleship as we think about personalities as we think about skills and and even different points on in theology that are not um, essential, it's good to be reminded that that I don't have to be everything to everyone, mm-hmm. and it's okay for me to say I don't I don't know this, and this is this is not the the way my brain works. But let me introduce you to this guy down the street. Let me let me connect you with this other person who who understands where you are in a way that I can't right now. Yeah, and um, you know because it's not. As we talk about disciples discipling, we don't do that in a vacuum either. Yes. That that is that is the joy of being in the community of God. And there are some people that that are better at um, at rebuke than others. There are some people that are better at at reminding us of of grace and forgiveness than others. There are some people that are better at, you know, chapter and verse Bible <laughs> knowledge. And then there are some people that are are much be- much more eloquent and much better at explaining their experience with God. Yeah. So, and God uses all of that to shape the lives of, of those we come in contact with. And again, and to go back to that idea, it takes nine different encounters with the gospel with, with five different people. Yeah. Is, I have to think, you know, that's, that's five different ways, five different, five different experiences, five different perspectives that. Five different aspect of the receiving person's life that they're probably experiencing it in. Right. Um, which can be daunting, but it can also be really exciting to think of, you know, if you open your eyes to the, the world around you and think like, if I just, if I, genuinely share who I am and the the difference Jesus has made in my life. One, that's all I have to do. And mm. two, like who knows how the Holy Spirit is going to use that. Right. Right. I have it in my notes here. Uh, we're called to be faithful, not necessarily effective mm-hmm. in the way w- that we would de- describe effective. Yeah. We're called to be faithful, just like a, a witness on a witness stand. Just tell the truth. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Don't don't pretend you know more. Don't pretend you know less. Don't pretend that you have someone else's story. Just tell yeah. the story as as you have been there and experienced it. Yeah, and as you think of a witness, I mean, you're called to tell things from your perspective, what you saw, what you heard, and that's all we're called to do. We don't have to force someone else to hear and see exactly the same things we do. They're going to have their own story and their own perspective and and their own journey um in the in the midst of that that i think sometimes in when we talk about discipleship it it seems like we have to create little clones of ourselves and our lives of faith and you know nothing could be further from the truth because everyone's faith evolves differently they come to faith at different times um in different ways and and that's okay i think I mean, we see that even in the disciples, yeah. the different, you know, the way that some immediate were like, yep, I'll follow you. No questions. And other people are like, wait, hold up. Can yeah. anything good from come from Nazareth? Yeah. I need more information before <laughs> I'm willing to sign on to this. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
That's, I mean, that, and that's the beauty of it. That's the glory that God shows that, that he is using each one of us to, to build the story of his grace. Um, and so, you know, we're, we can, we can speak that, that part of it and add to the, to the, to the tapestry or to the stained glass window or to the, to the, the mosaic, mm-hmm. uh, that is the faith and all the different ways that God has worked. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is. It is. And I mean, discipleship is hard. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's evangelism, it's discipleship, it's, it's long, it's slow, it's messy, mm-hmm. it's painful, it's joyful. Um, and it's, and it's our, our calling to be a part of it in Christ. He, he, he left us with the work mm-hmm. and said, I'll be there, mm-hmm. but here you go. You, you get to be a part of what I'm doing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good stuff. It's a privilege. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Well, I think we've, we've probably <laughs> yeah. taken up enough time on this. Um, and so as, as always, if you found this episode helpful, would you leave a rating and review, uh, and share it so that others can discover it more easily, drop it out on whatever social media platform you're on. If you're trying out threads, drop it that there. (laughs) Uh, if you're now on X, (laughs) the, the app formerly known as Twitter, um, you can be there or or Instagram or, or Snapchat or wherever you are. Uh, please feel free to share this if you think there that this would help some people. Also, click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Sorry, Stitcher friends, you lost your 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 platform. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are plenty of them out there. Uh, click subscribe, and that way you get the new episode episodes whenever they drop. Which we say it every week right now, but it is summer. Yep. There, there is no guarantee, and and coming up, looking at the calendar, there will be a couple <laughs> weeks where it gets real dicey yeah um some weeks would maybe we'd have two guest people or neither one of us would be here so talk amongst yourselves there you go (laughs) but we really appreciate it It really is a privilege to come if you have any feedback please tell us if if this has helped you please tell us if there's something you don't understand please tell us we really enjoy doing this and find it a great way to to talk about the faith and we hope that you do too so um until next time i'm pastor james and i'm pastor dina and we hope this helps you connect sunday to the weekday